As the people hurled their teasing comments at Noah and his family, Noah remained steady in his reply. These animals have come to us to be safe from the calamity that will soon sweep over the earth. It is not too late for you to be saved also. The people didn't believe Noah. Welcome to the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, with your hosts, Max and Liz. This podcast is brought to you by Playful World Ministries. Max, Liz, and all the characters and adventures of the Epic Order of the Seven were created by and written by Jenny L. Cody. On today's episode, we'll hear chapter 38 from the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud. Plus, later in the podcast, we'll get inside the mind of our author, Miss Jenny Cody. And today, we'll hear from her heart, too. Oh, and that reminds me, we'd love to hear from your heart and mind, or even your voice, on one of our future episodes. How? By sending an email to Miss Jenny, or even recording a message on your phone. Then we could hear your voice, too. Send either one of them to Jenny at epicorderofthe7.com. Is announcer lad still yapping? Shh, be polite, Max. He's bound to be done pretty soon. Again, send your emails and voice recordings to Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, at epicorderofthe7.com. They heard you the first time, lad. Shh, Max, be nice. Well, apparently, Max and Liz are ready, willing, and able to host today's episode. What gave it away? Max! Uh, so here they are. Max and Liz. Uh, bonjour, mes amis. I am Liz, and this is my incredibly impatient co-host, Max. My name is Max. My goodness, Max. You certainly have a burr in your fur today. Oh, you noticed, huh? I were walking in the woods the other day, and I'd been trying to get that thing out of me fur ever since. <laughs> I didn't mean literally, Max. Although, you really do need to get rid of that thing. Uh, but why are you so impatient today? I'm just ready to go, that's all. I've been thinking about old Noah and how he must have been pacing the ground back and forth waiting for the maker to give him the go-ahead to load the animals. Well, it is true. He had been building the ark for 100 years. Can you even imagine? No, I surely can't. Why, that would be 700 in doggy years. Uh, indeed it would. But you see, the reason he was ready is because first he had been willing. Willing? We oui, remember? Noah had received instructions from the maker himself to build something incredible. It was unlike anything that had ever been built by human hands. He must have been scratching his head then, thinking, How in the world, maker? I'm just a wee man. But regardless, whatever doubts he may have had, he puts them aside, because he trusted the maker even more. Aye, lass. I guess he figured... If the maker is putting this in me hands, it's the best thing I can do. So I'm willing me hands to it. And because he was willing to work faithfully for 100 years, the ark was ready. And so he was ready. Aye, and now we're ready and willing to hear some more. Uh, Mr. Announcer Lad? Finally. Monsieur? Just kidding. Although that is the title of today's chapter. Chapter 38 Finally, Noah and his family were ready to begin boarding the animals onto the ark when God gave Noah an odd instruction. Wait, Noah. Don't board the animals yet. This didn't make sense to Noah. The animals were now arriving in a steady stream, and the ark was ready to house them, so why wait to lead them onto the ark? 
Wait, I will tell you when. Was all Noah heard God say. So he told his family to provide water for the animals outside the ark and to organize them as best they could. While confused, they did as instructed. It didn't take long for the people of the village to gather around Noah's ark to see what was going on. Strange animals were making their way to the crazy ark builder from every direction. Thousands of birds and insects were also flying in to land on the ark, looking like an eerie storm darkening the sky. The sound of the animal life congregating was almost deafening, and it was as if Noah and his family were expecting them. But why? That was the burning question in the minds of those who came to watch the animals parading up the road and flying in the air to Noah. As the people hurled their questions and teasing comments at Noah and his family, Noah remained steady and consistent in his reply. These animals have come to us to be safe from the calamity that will soon sweep over the earth. It is not too late for you to be saved also. Come, follow the one true God, and you will be safe from harm as you join us. The people didn't believe Noah. They responded with ridicule and sarcasm. How is your ark supposed to save these animals and us? From what? If these animals are coming to you, why don't you put them on board? You've built a boat, Noah. We're over 100 miles from water. Not only is it a boat, it's a boat you can't navigate. Where are the sails, Noah? What about oars? It's just a big wooden box. You can't make it go anywhere. Looks more like a coffin than a boat. The people didn't pay attention to Noah's words, nor did they pay attention to the signs that something divine was taking place. It didn't matter that these animals of unknown origin were voluntarily coming to Noah. It didn't matter that the fire cloud burned brightly in the sky. Nothing mattered but how big a laugh the next heckler could get out of the crowd. Soon, the people grew bored and left Noah and his family to themselves. Let us know how you make out there, Noah. Yeah, bring us something back from your big voyage. A trail of laughter followed the crowd as they wandered down the road back to the village. Noah kept his family focused on the task at hand. He knew the truth, and his family knew the truth. The blindness and hard-heartedness of the people didn't cause Noah and the others to lose faith or lose sight of their mission. It saddened them, but they had to let the people choose to reject Noah's words of warning. No one was sadder than Shem. There in the distance stood Avi, Shem's friend. He had followed the crowd to check out the animals and the ark, yet he remained silent. As the people dispersed, Avi stayed behind watching and thinking about what he saw and heard. Shem saw Avi and went running over to him. Maybe a personal appeal could persuade his friend to embrace the truth. Avi, hi, how are you, my friend? Shem asked, wiping his hands on the towel tied at his waist. He was filthy from handling so many animals. His sandals even smelled, having stepped in the wrong place more than once. Avi looked at Shem from head to toe before answering, Well, I'm a lot cleaner than you are today, that's for sure. 
Shem looked down at his feet and laughed. Yes, this is not a clean job. He smiled and looked into Avi's eyes before continuing. Avi, do you see all that is happening? My father isn't crazy. He's been given a mission from God, and everything that God told him is taking place. God even told him as recently as last night that in seven days he will cover the earth with a flood. Surely you must see that my father's words are credible. Credible? How could they be credible when they make no sense? Sure, it's amazing that these animals are coming, but it's also strange. I just can't accept that safety lies in something so, so odd. And God gives your father specifics, like seven days. If it were so urgent, he would be trying harder to convince us, replied Avi, gazing at the ark. But you must believe us. The word of the Lord is true. We're not making this up, Shem said, pleading for Avi to believe him. Avi looked at the ground and kicked a rock away. I've never known you to lie to me, Shem. You've always been a true friend, but as I told you at my wedding, I have a new life now. I'm married into a new family, and they look at your father in this ark and think it's just crazy. I can't go against what they say, no matter how much I want to believe you, just because you're my friend. Avi said, clearly resigned to the fact that he was not going to change his mind. Avi, please, Shem started to say before Avi held up his hand to stop Shem from speaking. There's nothing more to say. I better get going. Good luck with this project, Avi said as he turned to go. Hey, if you prove me wrong in a week, I promise I'll never disbelieve you again. Shem thought he saw a passing look of sadness in his eyes. Avi shook his head and walked away, leaving Shem standing there alone in the road. There truly was nothing more to say. Shem had tried to reach Avi, but Avi made his choice. He chose not to listen. It weighed heavily on Shem's heart. His final hope of Avi seeing the animals come to the ark as a convincing sign of their words was gone. Shem had to let his friend go, free to experience the consequences of his decision. As Shem turned to walk back to the ark, he saw two animals struggling on the road. They were huge white bears, and they could barely walk. Something was wrong. Shem ran to the bears and saw that there also were two small white animals and two white owls with them. They didn't look well either. Just as Shem reached the bears, one of them collapsed and began breathing heavily. Shem put his hand on the huge white beast and gently stroked his fur. This animal is overheated, Shem thought to himself. He can't make it any farther on his own. Hang on, big guy. I'll get you some help. Just stay right here, Shem said as he took off running back to the ark. You see, Peter, you are going to make it. These humans will help us now, said Pearl the polar bear as she comforted Peter. Yes, we are finally here, my friend. You've made this impossible journey, and now you will be okay, said Yuri the arctic fox, chiming in to encourage the exhausted, overheated bear. Peter closed his eyes, feeling relieved. 
The heat had been too much for him. The group traveled from Russia down the Volga River, swimming all the way south through the Caspian Sea to Persia. But it had been a hundred-mile walk in the searing heat from the sea to reach the ark. Peter wished for even the warmest of Russian temperatures compared with this heat. Shem ran toward the ark, calling to his brothers to come meet him in the shed. There he pulled the supply cart from the shed and emptied the scrap wood out of the back. The family used the cart to transport wood and heavy items, and Shem figured it could transport the bear as well. As Ham and Japheth came over to Shem, he told them to each take a handle and pull the supply cart. Shem loaded two large jugs of water and bowls onto the cart as he explained what was happening. The brothers were concerned. They had not yet encountered a sick or injured animal. They hoped they would know how to help. When the brothers reached the animals, Shem set the water in front of them. Pearl and the foxes lapped up the cool water as Shem slowly poured water from a ladle into Peter's mouth. Peter closed his eyes and swallowed the water, sighing with relief. Okay, we need to get this bear on the cart, Shem instructed. I'll try to coax him. Shem patted Peter on his side. Do you think you can stand up to get into the cart, big guy? We'll carry you to the ark, but we can't lift you ourselves. Peter opened his eyes and looked at Shem. Little did Shem know that Peter understood every word he said. As Shem, Ham, and Japheth got behind Peter and gently rolled him upright, Peter cooperated. The big bear stood on shaky legs and walked onto the cart's ramp. The brothers were excited, each exclaiming, He's doing it! He must understand that we're trying to help him! Once Peter was in the cart, the brothers heaved with all their might on the wooden handles, but could not get the leverage to balance the heavy bear with the cart's wheels. They strained with all their might, but realized the bear was just too heavy. How are they going to do this? Then Ham had an idea. What about the elephant? He's strong and could pull this cart. Great idea, Ham. Go get him, said Shem as he patted Ham on the shoulder. Ham ran off to get Duke while the others stayed behind. Soon Ham was leading Duke back with a harness that he had strapped to the front of the cart. Duke spoke to Peter. We'll have you to the ark in no time. Just hang on. Thank you, oh, thank you for helping us, said Pearl. The humans heard the animals grunting at each other as they got ready to move the bear. Ham started pulling Duke by the harness. Okay, come on now, Mr. Elephant. Pull! Pull! With that, Duke pulled and lifted the cart with ease, the wheels rolling as Duke slowly walked back up the road to the ark. It's working! Japheth shouted, slapping Shem on the back. Shem's broad smile drifted from Duke to Peter, then to Pearl and the other animals. It helped his spirit to be able to render assistance to these animals after feeling rejected by Avi, who didn't need or want Shem's help. Shem put his energy in helping those he could help. As they reached the ark, Noah praised his sons for helping the poor bear. He patted Duke on the trunk. Thank you, my big friend. He then reached his hand over to gently touch Peter. You will be okay now. 
At that moment, God spoke to Noah. Now, Noah, it is time. Bring this bear and his companions on the ark first. Then the others may follow. Noah closed his eyes and offered thanks to the Maker. Then he addressed his family. God has told me it is time to board the animals, beginning with this bear. Shem, you and I will bring the bear inside and try to make him as comfortable as possible. Ham, you and Japheth, work with your mother and your wives to begin boarding the other animals. Oh, praise God! Finally, we can realize the results of our work on this ark as we bring these animals inside. The humans cheered and hugged each other as they set about to do as Noah instructed. Noah took Duke by the harness, and together they entered the ark. Oh, poor Peter, that journey was so difficult for him. But uh, like the rest of us, when the fire cloud told him and Pearl to come, he was ready to obey, though he didn't know where or why he was being called. And being ready, he were willing to go. Even when it took him to places way too hot for a polar bear, he were willing because, like the rest of us, he trusted the Maker, no matter what. And that is because, like the rest of us, he knew that the Maker loved him, no matter what. Aye, we were all ready and willing. And able. That is how the saying goes, ready, willing, and able. And Miss Jenny has a saying that is quite similar, no? Aye, it's always remember you are loved and ye are able. So we need to head to Jenny's corner. Uh, Miss Jenny! What are you two curious about today? Well, Miss Jenny, you always like to tell everyone that they are loved and they are able. Uh, what do you mean, able? Able to do what? I mean that you are able to do anything within the power of gifts and abilities that you have been given and to accomplish the things that God would have you accomplish. You know what? I'm not good at math. I know I'll never be a rocket scientist. And so <laughs> I know that I'm not able to do that. But you know what? God gifted me with the ability to research, to write, to be creative. And so I know that I can tackle writing any subject that he assigns to me. I also know that I can do some hard things, maybe some things that I don't think I can do, maybe. But if the Maker's called me to do it, I know that He's the one that's going to give me the ability and the strength and the wisdom to do it. So when you're loved, when you know that you're loved by the Maker and He's asked you to do something, whether it's small or great, you're going to be able to do it. Ah, she friend, like Noah, the maker gave him a monumental task, a job that took him 100 years to complete. 700 dog years? Oui, so you said. And in his own strength, he may have thought, oh, there is no way, I am not able. Ah, but with the maker's instructions to do it, and Noah's willingness to be obedient, the maker supplied him with the strength the ingenuity, the perseverance, and the courage to build the ark. C'est magnifique! 
Okay, magnifique. I did not mean little. I'll say it were magnifique. Noah were loved. So he were ready, willing, and able. Well, Mr. Announcer lad, are ye able to wrap things up then? Yes, ready, willing, and able. And on our next episode, we bring you one of my personal favorite chapters of the Ark, the Reed, and the Fire Cloud, as we find out what happens to Peter when he is brought onto the Ark. And it is nothing short of amazing. You don't want to miss it. And don't forget, if you have some questions or comments you'd like to hear us discuss on a future episode, or maybe even hear your own voice, ask it. Send us an email at jenny at epicorderoftheseven.com. Once again, the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast, is produced by Playful World Ministries, and The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud was written by Jenny L. Cody. To purchase your copy of The Ark, The Reed, and The Fire Cloud on audiobook, log on to audible.com. And for all the amazing books by Jenny L. Cody, the entire collection of The Epic Order of the Seven, log on to Jenny's website, www.epicorderoftheseven.com. That's epicorderoftheseven.com. See you next time on the Epic Order of the Seven, the podcast. And I'm Denny Brownlee. Thanks for joining us. Always remember, you are loved and you are able.